Welcome to Maison Pur, the podcast. I'm your host, Molly Hill. This podcast is all about natural living and how to get there without stressing out. We'll discuss easy tips to help create a healthier home, natural ways to care for our bodies, and so much more. and welcome to the podcast. Today we have Laura from Laura's Natural Life. She has a blog, a YouTube channel. She's an all-natural mama to her beautiful baby girl. Well, she's actually, is she two now, Laura? Um, She's almost three, actually. Oh my gosh, I can't believe that. But Laura has done a deep dive. We are just very in sync about getting into the nitty gritty with making sure our homes are basically the healthiest they can be for our families. She has quite a story and I can't wait for her to share that, but she has done so much research on her end and is definitely a resource now to go to somebody who I've looked to for information about, you know, just sourcing all sorts of non-toxic home items. And I'm just so excited to have you on the blog or on the podcast today. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here and I'm honored that you asked me and that you use me as a resource. That's a that's so cool. Yeah. And I apparently think I'm blogging since I said welcome to the blog. <laughs> <laughs> Old habits die hard, what can I say? Um <laughs> you know, before we get into kind of the more informational stuff like what people can look for, you know, as far as sourcing things for their own home. I kind of wanted to take a minute and just have you tell a little bit of your story and some of the things that you've been through and why having a natural healthy home is important to you. Definitely. So about eight years ago, I got married and we moved into a brand newly constructed home. And within about a week and a half to two weeks, like I was like a totally different person um, just from living in there. Like I had burning in my hands and my face and on my tongue and I had dizziness and I was short of breath. And obviously that was pretty terrifying. (laughs) Yeah. And like having just gotten married, like that's such a happy time in your life. And it was just like, oh, just kidding. Now we're going to deal with this. But Luckily, I had also just gotten a job with a functional medicine doctor. And so I was definitely in the right place at the right time for this to happen, to be supported, like not only physically and what we could do with supplements and like supporting my liver and detox and whatnot, but understanding that this was probably resulted from living in a home that was off-gassing. Um, really strong chemicals from having just being built. And through, you know, my doctor, we were able to find people to come in and assess the home, like building inspectors, air inspectors, building biologists, and kind of do some things to mitigate the amount of off-gassing that was happening. So I'm definitely not um, an expert. And the experts in this field are typically building biologists. Um, Just if you guys need one in your own home, that's who I would recommend getting. But I'm just somebody who has had their home make them sick and had to figure it out. Yeah. You know, it is so funny you say you're in the right place at the right time because I think for most people, if they went to a regular doctor and presented those symptoms, I don't know that they'd even go so far as to ask like, did you just move to a new home, you know, or try to troubleshoot it that way? 
Definitely. And I think this happens a lot and where even in a workplace, it's like, you know, maybe they remodeled something in your workplace and you started having some weird symptom after it, but you didn't connect the two. And yeah. a doctor is probably not going to bring that up. Like, did your office get remodeled or something? You know, that just isn't going to come up in regular conversation normally. Right, right. Had you ever had a reaction to anything in, in your home or any space like that before? So I hadn't, but my mom did. We'd actually lived somewhere where um, there was like a little bit of mold and then we did some other remodeling and she had a really strong reaction to it. So I knew that it was possible um, and I was younger when it happened. So it, you know, it didn't seem like, I don't know, it never seemed like it would like happen to me. It seemed like such a strange thing to happen. And so after that, we grew up with like, you know, if you want to paint your nails, you can paint them outside and like using more natural cleaning products. And so I wasn't also exposed to probably the level of chemicals that the average like 22 year old was exposed to. Like I never wore perfume because I could kind of taste it in my mouth, which I didn't realize was actually having a reaction. Oh, Um, wow. Yeah. So I kind of like avoided (laughs) strong scents, but I didn't know that it was because like my body didn't want them. (laughs) Right. Right. Gosh. Well, I mean, that's, you know, on one hand, that's good that after that happened to your mom, you grew up without the excessive exposure that a lot of us have uh, growing up, but then I'm sure it threw you for a loop when all of that happened. Oh, totally. Um, I, I always think about like, you know, most people are aware of like no or low VOC paints. And if some people get it and then I hear the comment, even at the paint store, you know, you'll hear the person that's like, well, what's the difference? I've been around paint my whole life, you know? Um, And I think some people just don't understand that it can hit you different at different times in your life. And it's also a cumulative effect as well. Like, especially if you're in a new home or getting it remodeled and there's all these new substances coming in at the same time, like that's a lot, that's a huge chemical burden for your body to all of a sudden be exposed to. It is, especially if you have any other type of like health condition. So I found out through this process that I actually have a gene that predisposes me to getting illnesses from mold exposure that other people don't have. So that's cool that I found that out from that. (laughs) But also like I had been under so much stress from planning my wedding. So my body was already like really in need of help. And then I threw it in this situation where it was exposed to other things and it just like did not have a chance. It's like the perfect storm. Mm -hmm. So since then, you guys have moved, right? Yes. So we lived in that house for three years. We did a number of the things that were suggested. Um, Really the biggest was getting some great air purifiers and then sealing the walls, which is just like a fancy way of saying we painted over them with a no VOC paint to try to stop some of the off-gassing from the drywall. Um, We also sealed, again, meaning like we put a paint-like substance on the concrete in our unfinished basement, on the walls and the floors, and then also the, are they called joists? The wood like beams that are on the ceiling? I know what you're talking about, but I could not tell you. (laughs) Yeah, so whatever those are called, we did that as well. And... The one thing that we didn't do that I think would have made probably the biggest dent was we did not take out the carpet. 
And I think that would have been huge for me. Um, But we also knew we didn't want to live there super long. And so it was kind of like a, should we invest this money? If we know we're going to move, this might not increase, you know, the cost of our home. And in hindsight, I think it would have been a, a huge help to me, but I have no way of knowing for sure. Right. And that is, we're actually right in the midst of getting our floors redone and having our carpet replaced this next weekend upstairs. And it's one of those things is my husband, he's in commercial real estate. So it's like, we talk about, he's, he always wants to make sure what we're doing to the house is like, Mm-hmm. makes sense financially. Like we'll get the money back. But I'm like, I don't think the next person who comes in, like the chances of them caring that we're putting in like organic wool carpet <laughs> right. versus just yeah. picking out something at Home Depot. You know, I don't know if that's true, but I do know for our family, like we plan on living here for a while and that's like what I want to do for us. But if we were planning on moving, I think that is a tough decision because it's, if it's short term, yeah. is it really worth going through all that to change the carpet plus it, the expense of it? Because mm-hmm. it is a big expense for sure. Like any flooring changes, it's a lot, as you know, right now. Yes, I do. <laughs> it has definitely been a snowball effect too, where we weren't really planning on doing that so soon. But, you know, one thing leads to another. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and, you know, talking about all this, one of the things that when I first started switching over to natural is like, I was trying to think about what are the the most important things when you're thinking about your living space that probably need to be addressed, whether you're going through something as, as severe as what you're going through, or whether you just have a young family and you don't want to expose them to things like what, what are the top priorities for you? Okay. That's, I feel like it's a little tricky just because if you are somebody who is sick from your home, I think the priorities would be like a little different and you'd want to find the biggest, the thing that's going to be the most bang for your buck and like decreasing your sensitivity. But sure. Or like if you have mold, I think that's the priority. But if you are just, you know, you're happy in your home, you think your home is healthy as a building, like, and you just want to choose things that are going to make your home healthier and have healthier air quality. Number one for me would be home fragrances and just getting rid of them. (laughs) Yes, that's such a big one. Or if you love, because I know there are people listening who love, love a fragrance in their home. And there are so many healthier options out there now from you know really beautiful essential oil diffusers and quality oils and there are some healthier candles that do have essential oils in them although i i'm like a little on the fence about those still just personally but there are also beautiful like pure beeswax candles and they actually have their own like kind of sweet smell to them too um yeah i agree we use those yeah, they're so great, right? Yeah, it does. It's not scented, but it does have like a just, I don't know, it has a little bit of its own scent. Yeah. But we love doing the diffusers too. I think they actually look nice. There's some that are really like cute now and chic. Um, and you can kind of change it up with your mood, you know, blending different oils too. Totally. Yes. So that's definitely an option. And I would say that the home fragrance category goes further than most people think it does. Like, so consider like your detergent and your dryer sheets, anything that has a smell, is it synthetic fragrance or is it scented naturally? 
beyond it, that, yeah. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> well, I was just going to say it, it's it's crazy if you stop using you know uh, synthetic fragrances. If you walk into somebody else's house, like everything hits you. Their cleaning products, oh God, their yeah. detergents, like whatever they have mm-hmm. plugged into the wall. It's like I can hardly breathe. I feel like I'm going to get a headache, you know. And then suddenly I start getting nauseous, and I'm like, I'm I was never this dramatic about it before. But when I since it's mm-hmm. been so long since I've been steadily exposed to it, it really is so strong. I have, so my sister-in-law's best friend was like, and she will tell you this, like she was perfume lover, like doused herself in perfume. And eventually um, she decided she wanted to be more non-toxic and she got rid of her perfume. And even she is like, wow, I can't believe it. Like I lived smelling like this all the time and it didn't (laughs) bother me. And now it's so shocking. So I mean, even if you could give yourself like a month, if you're like, no, I love my perfume give yourself like two weeks or a month, fragrance, synthetic fragrance free, and then just see what you notice. Yeah. I, yeah, I totally agree. I was, I was just talking to a friend about that because I feel like you get desensitized to it if you're Mm -hmm. a regular user and it it is, if you step away just even for a month, I feel like you come back and you're like, wow, I didn't know that was so strong. Yeah. I feel like, especially as women, like if you have longer hair or I guess men with longer hair too, like your hair just absorbs the smells so much. So if I go to somebody's house and they have they use downy or a tide and you know they don't have any air freshers or anything. They're just using those detergents and I leave like I have to wash my hair because I can't stand the smell of that near my face. I agree and Annabelle my daughter has long hair and when she comes home I can smell the wipes and stuff they use at school like to clean the tabletops with like I can smell all of that. <laughs> You can't control, or I'm, what am I trying to say? You can only control so much of your environment, right? You you can't go out into the world and make everything perfect. So I try to just ignore what's happening at school. But <laughs> um, I have definitely like I'm already thinking about how I'm going to handle that when Elliot goes to school. It's because I think that will be really challenging for me. But I know that I'm I'm not going to be that mom who like bursts in the classroom is like you have to use like that's just not my personality. Use organic hand soap or else, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I, I try to walk the line. If there's a major issue, uh, I address it. But I mean, it's a process of letting go because, you know, they have school parties and everything else. And I really don't usually let my kids eat the kind of junk that they have there. But I'm also mm-hmm. like, you know, what we're doing at home is so healthy that I feel like it's okay for them to step out of that once in a while. That's not going to destroy their health. And I try to like think of it that way with the other things at school, like the, you know, synthetic fragrances they might be exposed to. If there was a major issue, like some sort of mold or something that was off-gassing, of course, I would, that would be something we'd have to address. But anyways, I'm getting way off topic here. <laughs> um, so, so that's great because I think getting rid of synthetic fragrances really can increase your air quality indoors. Um, some other areas of the house, what do you think are some of the rooms that just, uh, or places that just have a lot of, of like chemicals that off gas, more fragrance? You mentioned the laundry area. Yeah, definitely the laundry area. I would also recommend just like not using any like softeners or dryer sheets. Those things are just meant to linger on your clothing too. So like they're mm-hmm. sitting on your skin and you're breathing them in all day. And they, again, the alternatives are great. Like you can use a wool dryer ball that helps speed up how your laundry dries and feels softer. And you can even put essential oils on that if you want 
something scented. And then beyond the laundry room, wherever you store your cleaning products. So I know we store several of them under our kitchen sink, or we have a like a coat closet where we keep a lot of them too. But any place where you're keeping a concentrated amount of like bathroom cleaner or stove cleaner, or I guess if you have like a conglomeration of like paints or things like that. I like to keep anything that I think is like remotely toxic in the garage if it's stable for any type of weather conditions. Because where I live, we Mm -hmm. have a lot of extreme weather. (laughs) Yeah, I have to be a little (laughs) careful of that. But otherwise, it's so easy to change your cleaning products. Like, I mean, I know that you'll agree. I think we both love Branch Basics. (laughs) Yes, I am a huge fan. And it smells like nothing. Nothing. And you can use it like literally you can get rid of almost every other cleaning product you own and just buy this one bottle. You can even wash like produce with it. Like that's how clean it is. Is I'm clean as far as like no harsh chemicals in it. Yeah. And we even use it for hand soap. Hand soap would be another one that I don't think would be top of mind for people, but it is sometimes scented, sometimes antibacterial, which sounds good, but often has some pretty questionable chemicals in it. Yes. Yes. So and you can use it for hand soap or you could get other hand soap that you prefer. Again, if you prefer a cleanly scented one, that's a great option too. Yeah. Uh, cosmetology has some really nice scented hand soaps. So, I mean, and I feel like that's such an easy thing to swap out. You can get a foaming hand soap that's clean. You won't miss your old one. And it's something that all members of the family probably use several times a day. So yeah. That right there will cut down exposure to all the stuff that's in regular hand soap, which I agree that it usually harbors some really questionable things. Yes. Yeah, it does. Are there any, I'm flipping it over here, um, are there <laughs> any cleaning products that you feel like were really hard to swap over for you? And did you find a alternative for them? Well, I mean, right off the top of my head, I'll say laundry detergent. I have a front load washer, which if I had to do it over again, I would never buy that washer again. (laughs) The top load, you know, I guess it's more in style to have the front load, but it's so hard to keep it from smelling musty. Um, And on top of that, using some of the natural detergents, like I don't want to like bash any, any brands because I know people who love some of the ones that didn't work. I think some of it is your water quality. Some of it is like, you know, the type of washing machine you have, but there were some that just, I wasn't even sure if it was really washing my clothes mm-hmm. and you know, they come out smelling like musty and I'm trying to continuously wash out the the washer. So it's not getting mildew or anything. But finally, when we switched over to branch, branch basics and I use their oxygen powder with it as well, or I think they call it the oxygen boost. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. My clothes come out smelling really clean. Not like there's not a fragrance, but they just smell neutral and kind of fresh, which which I like. I'm trying to think of what what else was tough. I feel like for the most part, most of the basic cleaning products, I was able to switch over pretty well. I never really liked the smell of bleach. So like a lot of the bathroom cleaners with bleach in them, I didn't like anyways. So I think probably uh, dish dish soap was hard. We use, now I'm going to forget, Better Life dish soap. I have it linked on my Amazon shop page, which you can find on my on my blog on the, the bar at the top. But what, what do you think was the hardest for you? Oh, I think also probably laundry. And it wasn't so much me as it was my husband. Oh, really? Not liking how his clothes were coming out. Okay. And I think also when you couple that with like a natural deodorant. Right. That, yeah. <laughs> but we actually use 
Ecos, which okay. is, I mean, Branch Basics is cleaner than Ecos for sure, but it's kind of one of the areas where we've like compromised and we both really like, I feel comfortable with it. He really likes how his clothes come out. So especially in a home where there's two adults, like it's okay to kind of have a compromise on some of these things too. Yeah. I I agree with that. And there's been times we've compromised because it's probably true in most homes, but my husband's like, he's pretty on board with all, all of this, like the natural, like switching everything over. But there are times where he's like, uh, this is not working. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) In fact, even with natural deodorants, he's used one for a long time, but he's like really struggled and he has to wear like a nice dress shirt to work every day. And, you know, a lot of them leave like more of an oily type Yes. Mark. And so, yeah, like doing the laundry and trying to address that has been challenging. I feel like we're at a good place. I found products that work right now, but, but yeah, I can see where that would be an issue. Mm -hmm. And then the other kind of surprising place would be under your sinks. I mean, I said this in one way, but you know how about like your sinks sometimes like drip a little water, they have a condensation. So it can be easy for mold to grow under there and you never know it. So I always like to stick like a little plastic basin or a tub of some kind underneath my sinks if they're underneath a cupboard so that if there is any leakage, it's not going to cause mold to grow into my cabinet, but I can just empty out that little basin if there's any water in it. That's a great tip. We've replaced a lot of the cabinets now, but I, as we were going through that, I noticed the bottom of a lot of the cabinets under the sinks had like a soft spot, (laughs) which is always concerning because it probably means that at some point, you know, there was water dripping into it. So that's a good idea to keep a little basin under there. You're living proof of this point. (laughs) (sighs) I am. It's been a journey here trying to get this place in shape. (laughs) So uh, one thing I wanted to ask, because I feel like there's people out there listening that probably are right on the same page as us and have you know, implemented a lot of this, they understand what all the terms mean. And then there's people who are just getting started and might not know, like, what does off-gassing even mean? So I was wondering if you would explain that. For sure. So off-gassing, I always just think of as like a substance releasing chemicals into the air over a period of time. And some things can off-gas for a short period of time, a couple of months and some things off gas for like up to 10 years. So there's a really big range, but it basically just means they're releasing the chemicals that they were made with into the air. Yeah. And sometimes it can even be a byproduct of how it was made. So it's not even a chemical that they added. It's just something that was a byproduct from everything that that was used to create the product. And now it like formaldehyde is added to some furniture and things, but sometimes just from all the glues and adhesives, it becomes like a byproduct that it's releasing formaldehyde into the air or off-gassing it. Totally. Um, So, you know, somebody who's looking to increase or improve their indoor air quality would probably want to think about items that are off-gassing. Another thing that I think surprises people is any type of flame retardants usually Mm. uh, break down into dust. And so, you know, we're thinking of the air and of course you can breathe that dust in, but it becomes a big problem if you have a small child who plays on the floor a lot and they're, you know, touching the floor, they're putting their hands in their mouth. So what are some things that people can do about that? 
About off-gassing or choosing? Uh, well, about just, yeah, actually both, just trying to mitigate <laughs> the effects. Sorry, I should have been more clear. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> so yeah, I'm glad you mentioned dust because dust is like a great home for really awful things like flame retardants. It can also house um, some fungal spores and even like bacteria that you bring in on your shoes or your pets bring in and allergens. So I definitely recommend dusting with a vacuum, like vacuuming things really slowly, like let your vacuum do the pushing, if that makes sense. So yeah. you're going real slow and then you can use the wand from your vacuum. You can do your furniture, you can do your blinds and then anything that you can't get with the vacuum, you can dust, but I would suggest using like a damp rag because otherwise it can just kind of like fly up in the air and right, land on right. other things. And then in terms of choosing things to bring in your house, I think probably the biggest one is furniture or any sort of like remodeling things. But I guess furniture is a big one for me because I've had a really hard time finding furniture that I'm is okay for me. <laughs> so I have kind of done a lot of like hacking of it. And <laughs> if you're gonna buy like a hard furniture, like a table or something, it's best to stay away from a pressed wood or a particle board, which even really high quality solid wood pieces will often like sneak in a piece of particle board here or there, which I think is okay, as long as it's not strong smelling, and the rest of it is solid, or you could also do like glass or metal. And really the hard part is the soft. If you're avoiding the particle board, you're probably good on the hard stuff. But the soft stuff is the hard stuff, like the chairs and sofas and whatnot, because yes, everything yes. has polyurethane foam. And polyurethane foam is really, really smelly. Um, it often is treated with flame retardants. It it's like that br brand new furniture store smell. Like, you know, the smell, the second you smell it and it takes a long, long time for that smell to go away. And then also like the fabrics or the leathers can be treated with dyes. So kind of what I have come to do, except for this last time, I did buy a new piece of furniture for my sofa and I'll tell you what I did with that. But what I have done in the past is either purchase a floor model like go to the store, be like, I like this couch. I can't do a new one. I have these sensitivities. I'd like to purchase the floor model. I've definitely been turned down. Some stores really? will not let you do that. Yeah. But most of them will say, if you give us a couple weeks to get a new one in here, you can come pick it up in a couple weeks. You just can't get it today. Okay. So yeah. That's a good even, tip. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to like talk to the manager and like explain it in a nice way. And they're usually cool with it. And then you can ask like, how long has this been on the floor? And if it's been there like a week, I mean, that might not be that much more helpful, but often it's been there like at least a month or two. And it's done quite a bit of off-gassing in that time. If it were cloth, I don't know that I'd like that. Like if it were a wipeable surface, I'd feel okay, okay with that. But just, I don't know, cloth kind of like grosses me <laughs> out. I'm like, how many people have been touching this sitting? I don't know. The other thing is that I've done is bake it in the sun. So if if it gets delivered or we pick it up from the store, set it on the deck or the driveway if you have either of those things and like spread out the cushions and the sun can do a good job of baking out some of the chemicals. And then another option would be if you have a different location in which you could off gas it for like a couple of weeks or a couple of months, 
we did that with this last one. So we found one that was flame retardant free, had more natural fibers. And we happened to have a place that was not in our home that we could off gas it and put an air purifier by it. And it was good in like six weeks, which was really surprising to me because I have tried to purchase a new sofa before and we let it off gas for like four months and it smelled no different. So I do think it also depends on the quality of the components. And one thing that I have been seeing a lot of are like places advertising that they have soy foam or Serta foam. And I think those things could potentially be a little bit better, but I think they're both still greenwashed terms. So yes, I, I agree. Cause a lot of times, okay. well, just for, I'm not an expert from what I've read. A lot of those have the same issues, maybe not quite as bad as polyurethane foam, but it's not, it's like barely a step up. Yeah. So like the soy foam, I, what I've found is like even the best ones, it's only 30% soy at most and the rest is polyurethane. So you're really just decreasing it by 30%, which is obviously better than a hundred percent, but you're not getting what you think you're getting when you think you're getting a soy foam basically. Right. And you're probably paying more for it. Oh, definitely. And then, so if you had all the money in the world, (laughs) or budget was not a concern. There are ways of getting a completely non-toxic sofa or chair. And the two companies that I know who do those are Cisco Inside Green and Medley Home. And usually it's going to be like a well-sourced wood, a latex and wool cushion, and then natural fibers dyed with healthier dyes. Again, those are going to cost like a lot more money, but if that's in your budget, and you want something brand new and you want it, you want to know that it's going to be fine for you. Like that's great. I've definitely heard great things about Cisco, but I did look at a couch and it was pretty, pretty expensive. (laughs) But I mean, that is a great option if, if somebody wants to either save up for it or uh, like you said, if they have the budget, Uh, we've done a lot of the same things as you, as far as like, well, We've done the floor model for Annabelle's dollhouse, actually. Um, She really wanted the Pottery Barn Kids dollhouse that is beautiful. And I just knew it was probably some sort of particle board or pressed wood or something, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, So we actually asked. The one that they had at the store had been out for a while, at least a few months I think I'm trying to remember how long they said, because I think it was like four months had been out there. And it, it wasn't like, I know when you buy a floor model, you're thinking, oh, is it scratched or anything? We got it for 50% off, first of all, oh. and zero smell. And it was there was no scratches or damage or anything. So it, it worked out really well. Uh, Another thing- That's oh, a great ahead. tip. Yeah. Like, I would not think to do that for something like that. That's a great tip. It's, you know, now that you have, you know- a a toddler, like all the toys that come into the house, especially as they get bigger and the toys seem to get bigger, like sometimes, and some of it's out of our control because they'll get gifts from well-meaning family members and stuff. But uh, I mean, a lot of that stuff tends to have like uh, a bad smell. You know, Annabelle has some, like a doll high chair and a couple of other items that appear to be wood, but they're probably more of like a pressed wood material. And I had to sit them out in the garage for a while before we could bring them into the playroom. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, so yeah, I know there's so much to think about. Um, there are. 
The other thing that we've done is I have a really handy father and my husband has tried his hand at woodworking and he he enjoys it. So my dad and I built our dining room table. We designed it to look like one from Restoration Hardware, but we, you know, we used really high quality oh. wood and finished it ourselves and got a bench to go on one side that we or he built it. And then my husband has built some stuff as well. Some I know he built our coffee table and some other pieces around the house. Um, my dad even built Carson's bed. He built a bunk bed for him. Oh so, my gosh! Yes. Wow. <laughs> um, That's there's so lo- cool. It really is. And you know what? There's lots of free plans online. Um, if you Google like you know how to build you know, just whatever it is you want to build. All these plans will come up. They'll tell you exactly the cuts you need, like the pieces of wood you need. It's so easy to put it together, at least, you know, for us. And my dad had a lot of the tools we needed. So uh, it worked out well. Very cool. I'm glad you said that because I actually also kind of considered having a custom sofa made that I could choose the materials for in like locally. So I think that's also an option for like anybody, you know, if you find a local woodworker or somebody who does furniture, you could always just have what you want made and choose your materials. And, you know, if you have to know the person, it might be more affordable too. Yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. My dad was free. So (laughs) that always helps. Um, There's a company I have worked with before, Home of Wool, and they gave me some wool beanbag chairs for the playroom. Uh, But they actually custom make, they can make anything really. But if you have a some sort of a seat made or a couch made that's mostly wood, they can make all the cushions out of wool wow. and send it. And I know there's other places out there that can do it as well. But I think I think there's a lot of options to explore if you're willing to kind of go more like custom or DIY or try to piece something together. Yeah. Okay. So beyond just furniture, some things that I get asked about a lot is like paint. I know that's a big one because we've been hearing about like VOCs for so long. What what kind of paint do you usually go for? Because I know this is a whole nother rabbit hole because even no VOC paint has the SVOCs and all that. But I was going to yeah. see what you thought was a good paint. Well, we've done a couple different paints. Um, I typically do Sherwin-Williams Promar, which is their no VOC contractor grade paint because like your husband, my husband is also in commercial uh, building and upkeeping of properties. And that is what he likes for performance wise. Mm -hmm. And it's always worked really, really well for us. It definitely still has chemicals. It definitely has a paint odor. And if you are painting a small room with no ventilation, I would not use it. We've also used a lot of AFM Safecoat paint and their products in general for sealing different things. And I do like their paint a lot. However, when you're getting into paints that are really low chemicals, they can interact with paint that's already on the wall. So if you wanted to do like a milk paint or safe coat, like just to be safe, I would call and say, hey, it looks like our previous owners used you know, Benjamin Moore, whatever line. Is it okay to use your paint on top of this? Because this actually happened to my mom in one of her houses and Oh really? It was not it was not great. <laughs> oh <laughs> it's such a nightmare. You're like trying to do the best thing and you spend all this money on the paint. <laughs> yes. So what um, do you like to use? I we typically use the uh, Benjamin Moore Natura line. Am I saying that right? 
I'm pretty sure I, that's. I've heard it a couple of ways, so I'm not sure that any of us know how to say it correctly. Okay. <laughs> so it's no VOC. It does have an odor, and but so we've I've painted some of the areas in our house myself, but we've also hired painters to do a lot of of it. And the issue I've run into with that and with other contractors using green products is sometimes. I want them to use the greenest thing out there, but like they're not comfortable with it and they don't want to put their name on work Mm -hmm. that might not, like you're saying the paint interacted and didn't turn out well. Like I think there's that fear when you start looking at really green products, they're like, is this even going to coat the wall? Is it going to dry? Like, you know, is there going to be issues? And then all of a sudden it's, they think it's their problem because they're the contractor that applied it. So for us, we kind of went with a happy medium. It's no VOC. It's not perfect, but it's something that most contractors are or paint contractors that we've used have been willing to work with and are familiar with. I agree. That's how I feel about the Sherwin-Williams too is whenever we use it, like I just know it's going to smell for two days maybe. And you know, I always try to paint when it's not humid out. We can have windows open, turn on our air purifiers, and it's just like it's not something I'm doing all the time or even every year. So, you know, I want a good outcome as well. But if you are (laughs) like, there are things that I've painted that were a little more, I don't know, like I did a nightstand or we had a big drama replacing our front door last spring. And to paint the door, I did use safe coat because I knew there was nothing else on it before. And it was like, right right where we sit all the time. So, and that worked out really well. It just, it kind of depends on the situation, but I think like you want to be happy to, and if it's not something you're using every day and it is no VOC, like maybe that's a place where compromise is good too. Yeah, I I totally agree. I mean, I think sometimes you have to weigh out the options and, you know, here we are going through all this renovation at our house. Like we had a set of windows that just, they get a lot of condensation. And after a lot of back and forth, I made the decision to use a primer on those windows that is like an anti-mildew and it has like a fungicide in it. And it's like not the healthiest thing at all. Mm -hmm. But I also was like, it's not healthy to have all this water build up and we're getting mildew on the windows sometimes like, you know, around the frame. Like I just didn't want there to be an atmosphere where we could possibly sure. grow mold. So mold. I, yeah. you know, you have to kind of like weigh it out. Like what's worse having this substance that we're going to paint over with a no VOC paint right afterwards. And we're going to air out the house versus the possibility of opening ourselves up for mold and other funguses. And mold is always worse. <laughs> like yes. if you're, you're going to weigh the two, mold is always worse. Right, right. But I think that's where, you know, some people get very hung up on like, well, that's not a green product. I'm like, I no, it's not. But then I'm also like, yeah, nine times out of 10, I'm going to use the greenest thing. But then for that specific thing, this was what was the healthiest route for our family. Mm -hmm. So, you know, paint is a big one just because we all paint our spaces. But uh, one really sensitive area I wanted to talk about was like, if you have a nursery or a, you know, any type of children's space, what's your take on approaching those type of areas? I am definitely more, I'm very cautious with any sleeping space, but I would say even more so at least with, I mean, I only have one child, but, uh, with my daughter's space and the beauty of, if you are getting your child through becoming pregnant yourself is you have time to plan their room before they're here. So 
for me, it was really important to have her room painted and any furniture well ahead of time, even before she was born and knowing that she wasn't going to be sleeping in her own room for a while, even after she was born. So we painted, I think, I mean, my daughter came three months early, so this was a a little screwed up, but we painted um, probably around four months before she was going to be born. Um, And I did get her crib and dresser. And I tried to find those as non-toxic as possible. And her crib is totally solid wood, no VOC finishes. Her dresser has one little piece of MDF, medium density fiberboard, which is like a version of a pressed wood. But this one, there are a couple different ratings for MDF. And this one actually had very, very, very little smell. I have, however, tried sealing MDF before on a different dresser. So there are all sorts of options for sealing weird things. But yeah. I got those, I think, honestly, I think I was three months pregnant. So I got those well ahead of time. That was so good. If you guys haven't, or if you're not familiar with Laura's story, not only does she have an incredible story about what happened with her house, but her birth story <laughs> is like next level. <laughs> like maybe don't maybe don't look at it if you have not had children or if you are pregnant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it is like what what could go wrong went wrong, but she everybody <laughs> all's well that ends well and and she's yeah. fine now. But yeah, do you have that totally. on your on your blog or your podcast somewhere? I think I have a video and then I did a podcast with my doula on birth queens about like the whole, the whole thing. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'll have to listen to that. I just, oh, I was so scared for you at the time, but I know you you were, gosh, but I mean, gosh, you know, if I think for anybody watching that situation unfold, like your heart would break, but like, especially being a mom, it's just like, you just feel that intensity just like, oh. You know, yeah. Um, I for sure had the advantage of not knowing anything. Yeah, you know, being yeah. the first time. So, but the other thing that I, I feel like is really important is um, a non toxic crib mattress. Yes, yes, that is major. Um, they spend I so know, much of their life sleeping. Yeah, you know, so with much. naps and everything. I mean, up to twenty hours. Yes, yeah. a day, I should say. <laughs> yeah, like, or maybe just in the f- first year. That's all you'll sleep. But yes. <laughs> That's all you'll sleep, but they'll sleep yeah. more. <laughs> um, we went with my green mattress, um, which is actually our, like my husband and I's mattress as well. But I think you like Naturepedic, right? Yeah, that's what I use for their crib mattresses. And that's what I have in our bedroom now. So once my kids were ready to transition, I have, uh, I think Carson's first mattress was from Brentwood Home. And at that time, I was like, I was aware, like I was obviously I chose an organic crib mattress, but I've heard conflicting things. So I don't want to get into like specifically, like, I don't know if that was the most organic choice. They don't make any organic claims, but if you talk to them about the way they build their mattresses, they don't add any substances Mm -hmm. that would be considered toxic. So that's what I chose for that. And then um, we were really happy with our naturopedic uh, crib mattress. And in fact, ended up passing it along to a friend who um, their second child came a little sooner than they anticipated. So they had to have two cribs. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, 
But did you like my green mattress for the the crib? Yes. Yes, I did. She actually just moved into her big girl twin bed two weeks ago. How's that going? Like shockingly well. That's so good. (laughs) That's really good. We did my green mattress for that as well, just because I was like, well, that's what our bed is. She's used to it, the feel of it. And it's her twin mattress, I think might actually be more comfortable than my king mattress, even though they're the same. I don't know. But I've been really happy with them. Um, Again, mattresses are like, it's so hard to bring it up because it's such a big expense. And I never want people to feel like, oh my gosh, I have to go get a new mattress and spend so much more money. Right, right. Um, I'm with you as far as, you know, I think if you're going to prioritize one place in the house, I think the bed, uh, the bedroom area as a whole, but especially the bed you're sleeping on your sheets, your mattress, that, that would be an area that if you can invest in it, I would. And like you said, it's not, you know, this is about progress, not perfection. None of us started out with a, you know, I saw another organic blogger and somebody's like, how do you have all this stuff for your house? And she's like, dude, I didn't just, you know, wake up one day. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't just have an organic home overnight. And so, you know, we save up for these things. We swap them out as, as it naturally comes up. We need a new mattress. Let's get an organic mattress, that type of thing. But um, I also think if you can't afford one, there are some really great organic mattress toppers that you can put on. Yes. Um, there's 100% wool toppers that you can put on. And that can kind of help as well because it's just a little bit of a barrier. And you can use your own organic sheets, which even Target now has organic yes. cotton sheets. The magnolia that you can use. ones are even organic. Oh, I didn't know that. I just got some. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, see, so that's that's kind of an easy. That's an easy. You can even place be trendy. <laughs> exactly, just like and Joanna Gaines. One of my favorite mattress hacks, and you heard it here, folks. Uh, it's called mattress diapering. <laughs> Are you going to trademark that term? <laughs> I've, I've like, I mean, I have literally thought of it. It's so yeah. it's so ridiculous. But basically, you know, the really big mattress protectors that you zip around so it covers all sides of the mattress yes like the allergy protectors yeah so I like to get like two of those and even you know if you get the best mattress you can it's not organic I just recommend steering away from memory foam yeah wind pop yeah like if you can avoid memory foam please do but you know if your mattress isn't organic you're worried about it or even if it is organic, you don't like the smell because, you know, some of those crops do have, you know, a, a natural smell to them, like the wool or the latex or, you know, even, even some of the cotton. But you can do yeah. co- like two layers of those and then a couple layers of regular like mattress pads. And then you've got like yet an even bigger barrier. And then you get a nice plushy wool or latex, pure latex topper. And you've got like a substantial couple of inches between you and that mattress too. And that's like kind of a cheap way to help with whatever kind of mattress you have if you're worried about it and you're not ready to make the leap to a new mattress. And you've diapered your mattress. Yeah, and it's it's protected. (laughs) I'm just like imagining it making that like crinkly sound when you're on it. (laughs) You know what? It It doesn't because if you put on like the regular mattress topper, like with the kind of like cottony things on it, then yeah. it, it makes no sound. I promise. Yeah. No, I, I believe you. Cause honestly, Carson, he has really bad allergies. So we do have uh, 
his completely zipped up and something like that. And then a cotton thing on top. And it, I can't, it doesn't sound crinkly. (laughs) I I think that's actually like (laughs) sleeping at my grandma's house as a kid with like the, you know, like waterproof mattress protectors and they totally make that sound. (laughs) Oh my gosh. We had the same thing at my grandmother's house. I totally forgot about that. Yes. That's a very distinct sound and feeling to be like, what do my cousins call it? The PP sheet that would be like <laughs> under, <laughs> it's like the rubber sheet that would be under the regular sheet. Oh, uh, we have really gone off here. Um. <laughs> well, one more thing about the bedrooms that I care about more in a bedroom than in the rest of my house. And this is sort of a controversial topic, but I like to keep bedrooms as low electronic as possible. Yes. Just for EMF and sleeping, and I'm certainly not an EMF expert, um, but I do live a normal life and I use the internet, but I like to keep bedrooms as, you know, few things plugged in as possible, you know, turn my phone into airplane mode and kids' rooms. I actually don't, I can't even think, I think she has a noise machine and that's it. That's plugged in, but that's the other kind of thing I worry about with a bedroom. Yeah, that's a really good point. So we also, we try to keep, there's nothing in the kids' rooms, just, well, we have the air filters that are running in their rooms, but and that kind of serves as white noise too. But yeah, I've been trying to talk to my husband about turning, just turning off the Wi-Fi at night, because I think that would probably be the most helpful, but I don't know if we're on the same page with that. So (laughs) Um, yeah, it's a hard bridge to cross for sure. We don't turn it off at night either, but we've had that conversation a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, he's so, uh, he's going to have access to, or people have to have access to him, uh, with his job. And so when we first moved into this house, it's older and the walls are really thick and we were having trouble with the Wi-Fi not reaching a lot of the rooms upstairs, um, which I thought was great. Cause I was like, Oh, yeah. it's <laughs> getting into the bedrooms. And one day he comes home with this guy who's installing a <gasps> Wi-Fi booster. Oh, no. <laughs> it's like, no. I was like, we did not talk about this. So yeah, so that happened. You know, it's it's a give and take. I try to pick my battles. I mean, that's one thing that had it just been me, I would definitely not have installed that. But um, we have to live our lives too. So agreed. Yeah. So I was trying to think if there's any other topics, you know, basically we've kind of covered some of the the biggest areas people can look for in their homes as far as uh, furniture or or items that they're bringing in. Is there anything else that you can think of that somebody might want to think about if they're trying to transition to more natural in their house? I think probably one thing that I like to tell people, going back to what you said about how this takes time and not to do it overnight is like, maybe think of one thing to do a year if that's in your budget, or if you can do more than one thing a year. But on the hierarchy of things for your house, I would really recommend a solid air purifier. Yes, it's really going to help like your air quality. And there are bad ones out there. There are good ones out there. I'm sure you could ask either one of us for our recommendations, but that would make a really big dent in how good your air quality is. Yeah. Sure. I think that's a that's a great point because no matter where you are on the the journey, how many things you have in your house that could be considered quote unquote organic, um, an air purifier is going to go a long way to just help mitigate anything that might be creating an issue. Yes, yes. And then the other thing I wanted to mention is where people can find 
if they are doing paint or remodeling, where they can find healthier products. So I'm sure that you might have other suggestions too, since you are currently doing this, but my go-tos are Green Building Supply and Green Design Center. And you can order samples of flooring. You can call them and ask so many questions. Both places are so knowledgeable. You can get any of your questions answered about anything. And they've both been just like above and beyond helpful to me when I've been asking questions or looking for new flooring or anything. That's awesome. Yes, both of those are great. We have been working with a new one, which we ordered our carpet from, but I'm going to see how the whole process goes before I give any type of glowing recommendations. <laughs> but those two are, are kind of tried and true. A lot of people use that I know have used them and had great experiences. And they both would carry any of the sealers that I mentioned earlier about our old house, not specific names, but they would both carry any of the sealers for those like concrete wood. They actually have a carpet sealer, which isn't like, doesn't make a huge dent, but it's something. Um, yeah. So if you're looking for that kind of thing, that would, those would be good resources too. That's interesting. I've heard of a carpet sealer before, but I just, I haven't really looked into it. Did you guys ever use one of those? We did. Yes. When we bought this house, um, this house was like seven years old, but the basement had been done three years before we bought it. So I felt like that carpet was still like a tad new for my taste. And we did seal that. And it is, it's super easy. It's way easier than it seems like it's going to be. It does like make your carpet feel less soft. And it does obviously wear off with walking on the carpet. But I think if you're like extra sensitive, it will bring it down a notch. It's not going to be like a night and day difference, but it will help a little bit. Yeah. And it's, you know, a more economical option than switching it all out, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Getting all new carpet. I mean, that that's a, you know, if you can do that, that's great. But that's, you know, for somebody who's worried about the carpet, I think that's probably a good place to start. Yeah, totally. And it would be for like a newer carpet, not for like, if you'd be worried that your carpet is old and has mold in it, it's not for that. That's different. <laughs> yeah. This is just to block like the, you know, all the things they add to carpets, the stain resistant, like all the chemicals that are now leaching into your air after you have it installed. Yes. Yes. So lots of, lots of options. If you're looking to do any sort of sealing, lots of options. Yeah. And one last thing I wanted to just bring up uh, before we, we got off of here is mold. Um, I know you mentioned your tip for under the sink, but uh, I think mold is top of mind for a lot of people just thinking about the healthiness of their home. I feel like I'm always on the lookout for it. <laughs> what are some suggestions as far as things you can do to either prevent it or things to be watchful for in your own house? That's such a good question. I'm so glad that you are bringing awareness to it because it's there are so many things you can do to prevent it that are so easy. So biggest thing for from my opinion, would be to control the humidity and temperature in your home. So have a dehumidifier unless you live like in the desert. Even here, I live in Wisconsin. It's winter half of the year. The other half of the year, we run our dehumidifier nonstop. And a good humidity percentage for your home is around 40%. So a lot of times you can set them to get it down to a certain percentage. You've set it, forget it, move on. 
And another thing that seems like it would be kind of common sense, but I've run into a lot of people who don't do it, which is run your bathroom fan when you're taking a shower or a bath. And then for quite a while after, and if that's hard to remember to do, or you have like a teenager who doesn't want to do it, you can actually put something on your bathroom fan that will just, it'll shut it off once it gets to, again, a certain level of humidity. And then probably the biggest one is- Yeah, it's great. And then you have these little devices called hygrometers that you can stick under anything that could leak, like your washing machine, and it will like set off a little alarm if it leaks. So that's an option too. But cleaning up leaks is essential. Um, So mold only needs like 12 to 24 hours to grow, and it needs food, and it loves building materials like drywall or flooring. So if when you have a leak, like be really diligent about cleaning it up and drying it thoroughly as soon as you see it. And if you know that you have a chronic leak in your house, definitely have somebody out to fix it and address, you know, it have has there been water damage from that because some people estimate that like 80% of buildings have had water damage and that's how mold happens. And if you think that you do have mold, I would definitely have a true professional. I would see if you could find like a building biologist in your area to recommend you to somebody to come out and assess it. Because if you do have a mold issue, you want to have somebody remove it without exposing the rest of your home to it. Yes. Yeah. And not just like thinking that they're killing it because even if you just like dump bleach on your mold, it can still release biotoxins. So it's something to take seriously for sure. But the prevention things are just so easy. Like the dehumidifier, you plug it in in the spring, turn it off in the winter. And if, if you have a hose that's connected to it, to a drain, you never even have to empty it yourself. So, and oh, running, that's the bathroom a good idea. Fan, yeah. Running a bathroom fan, super easy. Cleaning up leaks, super easy as long as you're not on vacation or something. And just controlling your home's temperature and not letting it get too humid is really, really so easy, but so effective. Those are all such great tips and so much cheaper than dealing with the problem after the fact. My brother right now, he is in a townhome and shares a wall with somebody who had a pipe burst. And, you know, she got mold. So now (laughs) they found it in the wall that they share. So he's going through all that and is having a professional remove it, but just the cost. And of course, it's behind his kitchen cabinets. So now those have to be removed to get to it. So I do feel like, like you said, prevention is key, not just um, because it's so much easier to prevent than to clean it up or get it cleaned up, but also just from a cost perspective, it's just so much easier to stop it from ever happening. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Well, I don't think I have anything else to add. Do you? No, I think we've covered quite a bit. Yeah. Okay. So I have a question just that I've been asking people on the podcast. And since you're also in the natural beauty realm, I just wanted to see what does natural beauty mean to you? Oh, gosh. Um, I know I'm throwing you for a loop. I didn't even tell you about this one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is hard. Um, I guess on a superficial level, to me, it would be, you know, the the ingredients that would go into something, but also having it perform well mm-hmm. and how to enhance the way that I look so that I, I like the way that I look, but I also am doing it because I love myself and I'm still looking like who I am 
I don't know. That's that's not. I love, <laughs> no, I love that answer. I actually, I think I relate to that a lot because I still want to look my best, but also look like me. But I want to do it in a natural way that's healthy for my body as well. Yeah, yeah, that was a better way of saying it. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> your way was great. Plus, I've had more time to think about it. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, I really, really appreciate you being on here today. I appreciate all the tips that you've given. I think the anyone who's listening, there's a lot of actionable steps that they can take to try to implement some of this in their own life. And I will link Laura's uh, blog, her YouTube channel, and all of her social media in the show notes. She is awesome. She's full of great information. You should definitely follow along on all of those places with her. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was such a blast. Yeah, this was fun. And now we all know about mattress diapering. (laughs) Yes, we do. (laughs) (laughs) 